Hi, I'm Erica Ramirez, founder of Illy and host of What About Your Friends, a podcast dedicated to the many lives of friendship and how it's portrayed in pop culture. Every Wednesday on the Ringer Dish feed, I talk to my best friend, Stephen Othello, and your favorites from within the Ringer and beyond about friendships on TV, in movies, pop culture, and our real lives. So join me every Wednesday on the Ringer Dish feed, where we try to answer the question TLC asked back in the day, what about your friends? This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Gold open question of the week, Kaz. What's up, shoes? If you were starting a wrestling company, we're not talking, forget the WWE infrastructure and talent sharing, whatever. If you're starting a company and you're drafting from the WWE roster, who's your number one pick? Ooh, number one pick. For, I guess, for a combination of uh, Bianca Belair, easily, easily, number All one right. overall pick. Like, youth, charisma, uh, just the complete total package, like, brings in, like, mainstream folks, like, can also wrestle her ass off, like, and is there every week and is durable mm-hmm. and doesn't get hurt. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, Bianca Belair, easily number one pick, easily. Over the tribal chief, which is kind of nuts. But yeah, I'm taking her first. Oh, man. I mean, I got to go with Austin Theory, as you know. But no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I was about to say, really? You've come around finally? I don't. The reason why I'm asking you this is because I don't have an answer to this question. But the WWE draft is apparently coming up. So let's just start the show. Let's do it. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Rose Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I have Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to the And you're listening, you're to, listening to, to You're listening to And you're listening, you're listening to You are listening to the Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show, Mask Mondays with Kaz. How you doing, buddy? 
I'm doing good, buddy. How about yourself, man? Good, man. Babyface producer Brian Waters is here, too. Brian, how are you? Who's your number one pick? I'm good. Um, Since Kaz chose Bianca, I'm going with Roman. Okay. Okay. Solid pick. Solid pick. You know. Dude, that's like, okay, listen. There's no question that Roman has been holding it down. We're going to get right into it. We're still yeah. talking about WA get emerging with Endeavor. There's a lot of content today. Don't 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 get don't you know. If you hate draft talk, just stick around. We're gonna have to talk about other stuff too. Who hates draft talk though? That's the whole point. They do a draft, so we'll talk about it. Roman has been. There's no question that he's like they figured out the rhythm with Roman, right? They he shows yes. up just enough to keep himself vital, and whatever. But that's like a WWE move. Roman's certainly the most one of the most gifted talents in the entire company in the entire industry. But it just seems crazy to be do- if you're doing an NBA draft. If, if all the teams, if all the players in the NBA got released, and you're doing a fantasy, I mean, you're and, and all the teams are drafting again. No one's taking Kawhi Leonard number one. It doesn't matter <laughs> if he's the best player in the league. He's not. He doesn't play most of the games. Damn, you call Roman Reigns Kawhi Leonard? <laughs> well, I'm just saying he's a guy who's not around a lot. I mean, you could make the case about LeBron or KD or whoever else too. Although their stuff's a little bit more circumstantial. You know, it's True. like you know, it's. I think the load, the load. I think Roman does load management, right? He, I mean, that's he, the right. He does. That's He's the right definitely, parallel. I think. I think Brock Lesnar might be the OG load management, load manager, <laughs> but Roman definitely has uh, picked up the 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 torch. Now, Brock is like the Brock is like the the MLB pitcher that just comes back for the playoffs. You know, it's like I'm 45, <laughs> but I got a few left in me. I don't even know what the right. What's the right thing? It's almost the Odell Beckham Jr. coming back for the playoffs, but you know he's signed with the Ravens. So, oh, Brian's going nuts. Yeah, I, over see, there. I see you. I see you hype over there. Hopefully, That's hopefully well, have somebody to throw it to him. Yeah, it's going to be you throwing him the ball, Brian. I don't know. Hey, you don't get that deal done if you don't have a Lamar deal done. Hey, Just like well, AEW and Wembley. Right, right, right. Wait, so you, wait, we're going to go right to Wembley. Are we talking about CM Punk? <laughs> hey, Dax Harwood said it. CM Punk. Hey, listen, you, you could you could give me the, the CM Punk news all you want. You already know who's filling up that stadium. Okay. You already know. <laughs> if AEW talent is don't, on the drive, don't, is, if, don't, let's just mess don't. everybody up. If AEW talent is on the board too, okay. who's your number one draft pick? Ooh, that's a, that makes it even fun. Um, I mean, there's only a handful of people, right? I guess MJF, uh, uh, he, he's probably a MJF, top. Kenny MJF, Omega, You know what MJF Punk. reminds me of? MJF is much more like he has the talent to be number one, but you know, you get like the res- you talk to like his old coaches, you talk to like all the people around him, and you're like, ah, he's a number one talent, but I don't know if, if my franchise could could use the distraction. Maybe he goes number three, he slips to three or four or something, and he ends up on like a really good team in a really good role. You know, what I mean, Bianca, Bianca, you could build the franchise around like that is. You can you can well, sell. I think whatever. The, I think that part of the, what makes this conversation really interesting, from like a semi real world point of view, is that you don't is, is that the, the the greatest talents don't act, don't even. And I'm not just talking about in ring talent. Yeah. The greatest talents, the people with the most upside, whatever else, that doesn't necessarily equal what you can build a promotion around. Yes, it, right? I feel like even when you're doing a real draft, right? I always say the best ability is availability. You got to look and see who's as 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 um, available. And you talk about Roman and Brock Lesnar being load management. I mean, MJF's kind of working his way in there too. As, as a, oh as a guy yeah, for sure. Like, almost never wrestles, but is is there and is still valuable and it still brings a lot I, to your show all the time. But Bianca, you know, Bianca's going to wrestle. You know, Bianca's going to sell a ton of merch. 
You know, she's going to get the crowd popping. Like, she's going to be there mm-hmm. for a while. She's still super young. You know what I mean? Like, she and she's at the top of her game and has potential to become even greater. You know what I'm saying? Like, she elevates an entire division around her, whereas MJF, as much as I personally am a fan of his and love a lot of his work, it still remains to be seen if he's elevated everybody around him as a top guy. You know what I mean? So, I mean, the uh, the, the Iron Man match was incredible. The lead up to it was incredible. But I just think the sample size just isn't as strong as it is with, with a Bianca Belair if I'm going number one overall pick. Brian, if there's no beef, no mm-hmm. beef in the world, don't have to worry about anything in the backstage. Roman Reigns or CM Punk? Who do you got? Ooh. Oh, Roman. Still Roman. Still Roman. Still really? Roman. Yeah. I'm taking, I'm, I'm even taking a younger Roman. Like, make Roman look strong, Roman. I'm making the same decision Vince made like seven years ago. He's like, ah, do we keep pushing CM Punk or do we push this big Aquaman looking motherfucker and then see where we go from there? And I think, I think Vince made the choice for us several years ago, right? Like, he hitched mm-hmm. that wagons over there and, and there it is. <laughs> hey, I sat in the arena next to ladies and watched them go crazy. So, the same way Shawn Michaels used to have ladies going crazy, the same way the Rock used to have ladies going crazy, same with Roman Reigns. Same. <laughs> Same way that Jeff Hardy used to have a very specific set of ladies going crazy. Uh, <laughs> when the shirt comes off. <laughs> but if I had to choose somebody from AEW, it would be Ricky Starks. That's a good pick. Well, That's listen, pick. but there's value too. I mean, I mm-hmm. think Ricky, Ricky Starks is probably in my top. Oh, God, AEW is so big. Ricky yeah. Starks would be at the top of my list. But come on, you're going to get Ricky Starks. You can get Ricky Starks with a third you pick. Get, or yeah, you, know? saying, you, you can get Ricky Starks in the later round. You Trade know, you down. Must really believe in his, <laughs> <laughs> you got to believe in his in his long term prospects and say like, okay, yeah. you, could, you know, he's gonna he's gonna work with our guys for a little bit. But in this about his second or third year, he'll be a. There's a reason why guy. we're talking about whether or not CM Punk is back with AEW strictly on the basis of the Wembley announcement, right? Because CM Punk will put butts in seats. Right? Absolutely. I mean, and that's sort of what you know. That, that's that. That's when you're talking with it. When you're talking about the number one pick, you got to take all that stuff into consideration. I don't. I mean, listen. If I could have had Roman Reigns three years ago and known what he could do, I understand the case for for Roman at number one. But you got to. But now I'm thinking about availability. I'm thinking about building the story. I mean. There's I love Cody Rhodes to death. There's probably no world in which Cody Rhodes is my is in my top three, you know, even like six months ago. But man, I'm thinking through this. There's uh, there's a there's a piece of me. If I'm really starting a promotion from scratch, I'd be very tempted to take Cody number one and turn him heel on the first night. And just then that's my company. <laughs> OK, OK. You know, so, like let so him we, come we in as a conquering hero. Yeah, Homelander Cody, basically just like the Roman Reigns heel turn, where it's just like, all right, we got this big baby face, you know, white meat baby face, season two, whatever, and then just no. In the last segment, he's gonna, you realize, oh shit, he's the villain. And that's it. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I, I, I also feel like, as as I, I think Cody is a, and I'm not gonna. This is gonna sound blasphemous. It's gonna sound like a this, but I swear to you, it's not because I'm a Knicks fan. Cody Rhodes is like Julius Randle, right? Where it's like, 
He's 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 a he's a he's an all. There's non Knicks fans that listen to the show. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> I, hope you, I hope you get this. I hope you. I hope you. You, you pitch what Randall. I'm catching right now. We can only push Randall. this so far. All right, go no, ahead. He's Julius you know, he is he is somebody who is is a very good player, but is definitely elevated by the players around him. And as good as he is, he's still. I I, I personally haven't seen him as the best player on a championship team yet. I'm not saying he can't be that. I just haven't seen it yet. You know what I mean? So I think once you reach that level of like, and uh, now we're blending sort of references here, right? Like there's like a, there's like a tier level of like Giannis and, and, and Jokic and Embiid and KD and Curry and Braun guys who are tier a franchise people who are the number one guy on the championship team, right? Cody for all of his greatness I still haven't seen him be the top guy at a company. Like, we all know, like, okay, he's behind the scenes. He's the guy, whatever. But I have yet to see Cody Rhodes be the number one dude as a heavyweight champion at a top franchise yet. He probably has potential to be. I just haven't seen it yet. Yeah, but, I mean, listen, uh, if, if we, if we, I mean, Bianca Belair would probably be my number two pick. Number three, probably at the latest, right? Yeah, but I haven't yeah. seen Bianca Belair carry a story, carry be a part of a storyline like Cody Rhodes has been over the past three months. She made it better WrestleMania. She main evented <laughs> WrestleMania, but this, yeah. and it's not. And it must, it's not. It's not on her. I'm just saying we haven't. They didn't give that to us, right? That's I mean, I, I like there's if we were talking about what we haven't seen mm-hmm. at at this point. I mean, in, in the year of our Lord 2023, no, you cannot make a top five draft pick and not say could they could you plug them into the to the bloodline storyline. Oh, of course. No, you're right. I mean, it's definitely, and and that's what makes these these conversations sort of interesting because, like, to big somebody up, you got to say, oh, well, they don't do this. I'm not putting anybody down when I say they haven't done this thing. I'm just taking the information that I have in front of me and being like, okay, like, add to the fact that Bianca uh, satisfies a not just a, a quotient of the audience that isn't really talked to, but she transcends that genre as well. And you need to have a strong women's division and she's on the younger side and she probably wrestles every other week or does travel every other week. Like I can take that over. Okay. She hasn't had a main one, a storyline leading into like a huge show yet, but she absolutely can. There's people out there that can definitely make it there. You know what I mean? Like there's still that Charlotte match, like that everybody wants to see. There's still that Rhea Ripley match that everyone wants to see, yep. you know? And I think with the right sort of matchup, there you go. Like you can, she can be, she can be the one A storyline heading into a main event of a WrestleMania. You know what I'm saying? Like just because Becky Lynch and, and Ronda Rousey have done it doesn't mean I'm taking them number one. But I do believe that, you know, that's one of the things that Bianca hasn't done yet. So I think until she she has the potential to get there, I think until she gets there, uh, you know, I, I take my chances on that in a hypothetical yeah. all-wrestling draft. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to go through the, uh, the the WWE Power Board uh, that Nick, Con- I mean, the, uh, Nick Bond, our, our, our stalwart. <laughs> Did I say Nick Khan? Nick Khan is, yeah, is definitely not texting me on the side about I'm about to say he's not in our group. Did you talk about the group chat? Is he not? <laughs> the, 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 the power board agrees with you. Bianca Belair is number one. I think that, I think these numbers are still pending WrestleMania updates, but Bianca Belair is number one. Now, the where's Us- this board? The wrestling.theringer.com. Okay. Nice, nice, nice. The Usos are number two. Roman's number three. Cody's four, Charlotte's five. 
Drew is sixth, then Lashley, Theory, Edge, Ripley, Gunther, Becky Lynch, Asuka, Seth, Liv Morgan sneaking up there because she has a sneaky amount of wins, and uh, and Braun Strowman is number 16. But um, one name on that list that we haven't mentioned that probably bears mentioned is Drew McIntyre. Ooh, ooh, this is this is juicy. Let's get into that. Drew got yanked off of SmackDown. Apparently, got yanked off some signings. There was a there was the chatter before WrestleMania. So the chatter began before the Ringer Wrestling Show interview with them. I don't think that makes him. That I don't think we can fully pull out the Ringer Wrestling Show curse, which is apparently now a thing from this conversation. <laughs> we interview Bailey; she's apparently gone. We interview Drew; she's apparently gone. If um, if Gunther drops the title this week, <laughs> let's let's just please don't at me. You I'm gonna just start walking Waters. around with, with, with Ryan a H. Waters. Over here. <laughs> I'm gonna just start walking around with a scepter and a hoodie and just. <laughs> but the, the chatter predated our interview with Drew. He's going to take his time and sign his contract. And I, to me, that just sounded like, honestly, when I read it, I, when I saw that news, I was like, this is actually really smart because you know their WWE is about to get sold or something's, you know, that potentially about to be sold. And uh, your asking price can go up depending on the sale, right? I mean, the, you're, the, if the company's worth twice as much, then you might be the, you might, you might set the, you might set the bar for contracts going forward. And if you're Drew, I mean, Drew's in a really interesting negotiating perspective. Okay, of course, what we didn't know then, and who knows if Drew knew it then, but we, well, assuming he didn't, what we didn't know then and that we know now is that AEW is trying to, trying to sell, you know, 90,000 seats at Wembley Stadium. And, he must have uh, known, right? Like, he, like, I mean, well, okay. shoot, no, if you're uh, he if I'm a negotiator. He, he might have known. Yeah. I feel like if he might, I don't know. I feel like it would have sounded different if he had known. I feel like he would have been a little bit cagier or something. I don't know. Maybe not. I mean, this but, is pretty cagey. I mean, if, you're, if your contract is about to be up and the company is about to be sold and your main competitor is trying to sell 90,000 tickets to a stadium that is not your hometown, but you have a massively huge base over there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's put himself in quite a position to make himself a shit ton of money. Yeah. In the next couple of weeks. So, I mean, it's pretty cagey. He had to have some sort of intel on well, that, no? he might have known. He yeah. certainly might have known. So, let's just say, I mean, let's just say that he did. What do you do if you're Drew McIntyre? <laughs> All things equal. What are you going to do? Man, I don't know. Because, you know, I think Drew was in a unique perspective. Because he's almost like UK Cody, right? Like, he <laughs> left the WWE. Made himself a household name uh, around several promotions. He has a shit ton of stories that he can kind of pick r- right up off of where he left off of uh, when he rejoined the WWE. So, I mean, hell, if AEW was offering the stupid bag and you have the opportunity to probably headline their biggest show ever, um, as a franchise guy, like, yeah. I mean, I think AEW is a very uh, a liable sort of um, uh, uh, place to go. But, you know, WWE still WWE. I mean, you do all that to get to WWE. And I don't think... And who's to Meaning say how, he has done all... Like, he did all that to get back to WWE. He, right. did, he did all these things to get back there. Right. But Exactly. But by the time he resigned with WWE, AEW wasn't even a thing yet. So who's yeah. to say well, that he would have just kept that indie momentum going into, like, being a flag bearer for AEW? Oh, yeah. If AEW popped up when he was working 
the Indies. Oh yeah, he, he, he would have been. He would. He would have been one of the big names there. Yeah, who's to say that his his return wouldn't even been Cody like? You know what I'm saying? Like if if he uh, if he had stayed out, uh, you know, away from WWE a little longer. But I don't know, man. I don't know who's 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 making what. But I I I, I can't say that AEW wouldn't be a terrible option if I was if I was Drew Galloway, right? Like I mean, you're, if you're looking, yeah. I mean, I th- I think that the timing is very conspicuous. Whether or not there's like a you know, so there's some conspiracy going on back there, or it's just like, let's just pay attention. His contract's yeah. up, and he might have this opportunity, which anybody in his position would jump at, right? Or right. just about anybody. Um, Yeah, I mean, listen, at some point, we see, you know, you're either... We talked to a lot of wrestlers, you know, over WrestleMania weekend who were just kind of happy to be part of the team, and Drew is like the quintessential that guy. It's sort of interesting yeah. that he's that other guy. But, you know, w- the reason why we kept pointing that out is what you always weigh it against is personal accomplishments. And they're, listen... You get to a certain age. Well, I mean, I would say when you're like younger, man, it is like everybody comes in thinking about all the titles you're going to win. If you're lucky, if you're smart, if you're well adjusted, you get to a place relatively young where you're just happy to be there, right? Yes. When you when that happens to you, that defines sort of who you are in just about any walk of life. Uh, at some point, though, you start writing your own memoirs, right? As you start looking at your resume and you're just like, man, if I could just get one more run with the belt, that would really mm. cement my legacy. And dude, if I could sell however many seats at Wembley Stadium, if I could headline Wembley Stadium, if you're Drew Galloway, geez Louise, man. Yeah. That's got to yeah. be a real thing. You got to start thinking about your legacy. You got to consider it, man. You got to consider it. I think after you've done everything you've done in WWE, I mean, you start sort of thinking of these. You start making new goals. You start making uh, new new boxes to check off. I think that uh, here, here's, here's an here's another thing. A lot of people are going to say, "Well, what is that?" Okay, so he headlines Wembley, and then and then what? That's, then what's yeah, always going to be a theory. question in AEW. And if you're somebody like Drew, who is like, you look at him like talk about the airport test. This dude looks like a Masters of the Universe action figure. Like he is made for WWE just physically in a way that no one else in the world is. Oh, this side of Brock Lesnar, I guess. But, um, you know, he does feel very WWE. But but if you really start, like, really, really get into it. He's a great promo in a very, in like, a kind of non-WWE way. I feel like his promo skills actually would work in AEW better than they work in WWE. I feel Ooh. like he could actually... He, I mean the the worry the wor- what the worry would be what he goes to AEW headlines to show and ends up as like Big Bill three months later or something you know like but like <laughs> that's, that's the only thing that worries me right because like, well and and and, the, and I think that you, the reason why I mean who know I don't know anything about W Morrissey is you know I don't know I don't know what's uh, just I know literally nothing um, but you look at, you look at it from the outside and it's kind of like well you know the, the average size of wrestlers is significantly smaller than WWE so sometimes these big guys get kind of put in a when in case of emergency break glass sort of situation right it's like oh let's bring out Murderhawk for like a two week feud against Hangman or whatever you know it's not it, it, it there's not as much they're not as plug and play as they are when a bunch of the roster is their size I think Drew defies that I'm gonna be like honestly I think that go back and watch his like his indie run. Yeah. Like he was wrestling he was wrestling these dudes over there in the UK in a half size ring with the guys that came up to his nipples and it was fine <laughs> like it was like it, like he made it work you know yeah and, and he's got i mean he's he's got the ring talent to do it he's got like i said he's got the he's got the personality he's got the mic skills 
And he's got the street cred. And like, guess he's what? Been out guess, there. And, guess, yeah, guess, and guess what else he has? I know I keep leaning on this. This feels like my. This feels like my. Uh, this feels like my chorus the past couple of weeks. He's also got a heel turn in his back pocket. There you go. There you, you know, go. like good. he's like they didn't. He the fact that they haven't done that in WWE. I mean, he has played heel, obviously, but the fact that he hasn't gone from Super Rover Babyface, who was a world champion, and turned heel. That means he's got like a meaningful heel turn in his back pocket, not a big show mm, heel turn. I like that. I like the way you're thinking, dude. So, I mean, he's got he's got a lot going for him, and also like he's not young. How old is Drew? What is he like? Forty. I mean, he's not he's not old either, though. I don't think he's forty yet. If I if I if I correct, B Waters, oh, what's his age? All I, all I want to say 37. is thirty seven. Yeah, thirty seven. Oh I was I was gonna say thirty eight, and I was like, nah, he's got to be older. So look, he could sign a three year deal with AEW and still. Be back at WrestleMania 42. You know, True. like you know, if, he, if if that's what you want to do, you can make it work, right? By the way, think he's got some negotiating power. WWE, not knowing that if AEW is going to offer a minus out Wembley Stamp, he's got a no, you know, negotiating power on the other side too. This dude can get a he's going to get get a bag. Oh yeah, he's he's a, he's a, he's a main event guy. I think. Uh, I, I don't think we could underestimate the Vince of it all, too, right? Like that's still Vince's guy at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think he's going to be let go um, without a a a substantial offer. You know what I'm saying? Like I almost think it'll have to be more than money for him to want to leave. It, have, it will have to be those boxes. What if Vince those... says you can keep the sword if you stay? <laughs> the sword is now yours. It'll keep Angela. Is that what it's called, Angela? Is that it? Angela. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that so that's going to be a really interesting one to watch. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So let's talk about Wembley a little bit more. Let's do it. We got everybody. It feels like we were joking about CM Punk last week. Obviously, a lot of smart people were like, if they're announcing Wembley, they must have Punk locked up. Of but course. that also seems like what well, what if you thought you had punk locked up and then everything fell apart but you would have just you'd already signed the contract to run Wimbley in the meantime what are you going to back out secretly no you're going to still try to run the show mm-hmm. 
What do you guys do? Thumbs up, thumbs down, because this is an audio podcast and people can't see us right now. Let's just make it really bad content. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Is Punk going to be at Wembley Stadium? I'm going thumbs up. Um, I Ryan's think thumbs up too. I'm going thumbs up. I think CM Punk, I mean, CM Punk's always been under contract, right? He was just also mm-hmm. happened to be recovering from a torn uh, peck or a torn shoulder, something, you know what I mean? Something that was going to keep him out for the majority of the year anyway, right? So, um, Again, uh, I don't see you selling a stadium without your biggest names. You- I don't see, um, you know, I think with Punk coming back, that is the biggest ace in the hole that AEW has, especially when it comes to debuting in the well, UK market. Um, and on top so what- of that, m- m- Muffle, go ahead. No, no, no. I mean, let, me just add, let me just cut in. I'm sorry. Is there a material? I'm looking at just like I'm just fantasy booking here. Okay. In terms of punk, punk put butts in seats, whatever. Does he? Does his name on the on the marquee sell those tickets, or do you have to go? Like, is there a material difference in terms of tickets sold between punk and FTR versus the elite? On one hand, like we're gonna we're gonna turn the brawl out into a storyline and really do this thing, or on the other hand, could you just do, uh, you know? Punk versus Jericho, and we're all sort of aware that like Punk's not coming back after this match. You know, like do um, do like can you can you do a one off and get the same result? Uh I put it like this, man. He sold out an eighteen thousand seat stadium off a rumor that he was showing up. <laughs> right, great. Yeah. Granted, it was his hometown, but... Because I think with all this drama, it I mean, if you think you can sell tickets based on, hey, CM Punk's going to be there, and then you just... Yeah. You, and, and and basically, you just go tell everybody else, listen, he's doing this one time to sell seat, to sell tickets. He's not... You never have to see him or talk to the guy. We're not going to run the Elite versus Punk storyline. We're just going to let him go tangle with... Who's the most part-time guy on the roster? Punk versus the Big Show, just to <laughs> sell tickets, and then Punk's getting on an airplane and flying home. I think that I think that would be a mistake from AEW. I think no, no, okay, but but is but but do you sell the same number of tickets? Is the question because if that because if if that's possible, then I think that's the opening conversation, right? Like if you can do that, then why would you not bring Punk back? That's like like how many wrestlers have waltzed in? How many times has Hogan made a comeback? You know, and you're and everyone in the locker room is probably not super excited to see him. Of you course, know? I mean, you can do that. You can always Plenty paper over that stuff. Plenty of times, but I think that. That was the first thing everybody was talking about after Brawl Out, right? They were just like, you know, this storyline is pretty much storyline. This real life event has overtaken any sort of storyline that we had in AEW. It's still one of the most talked about things that's happened in their company to this day. And anybody who's had any sort of wrestling brain has said, if you're not making money off of it, you, you, everyone, everyone involved in Brawl Out needs to get out of their fucking feelings and turn this into a money-making storyline. Like, could you, you imagine to. if this was your real life? Could you imagine it happens if all it the could, time? We watched no, in wrestling. Hardy. It happens all the time. Could you imagine yes. your wife working? Your life working? I said, wife. Imagine if you like got a divorce, and a week later the boss calls you and he's like, "You know what, Kaz? There's some, there's some real money. There's some real money in in, in hashing out your uh, your child custody agreement on the uh, agreement on on TV. I'll tell you this, even even more so, if you're a real wrestler and this is your life, you're probably going up to the promoter and be like, "Hey, man, 
we can use this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Matt Hardy's in that same locker room. You don't think he has some pretty good experience dealing with some real-life shit turning into a, a, a money-making story? Like, it was probably Jeff his Jarrett. best solo storyline. Jeff Jarrett's in there. Like, it's happened with everybody. And this is not even, like, marital shit. It is really just egos and people talking shit about what people can do in the ring, outside of the ring, all that type of stuff. All that stuff is stuff that can could have been diffused over a five-minute argument a day later. We're not talking about people's divorce or baby moms or wives and none of that shit that we've actually seen play out in wrestling storylines before. We're talking about people's egos. Yeah, at the end egos of the day. and punches and stuff. Yeah, yeah. like y'all get over that. The dog's all right, right? Is the dog good? If the dog's good, everything should be able to work itself out. All right. If Larry's all right, then I'm sure they could be able to, to get past whatever the hell happened I- at the brawl out. I, I this listen. I don't know the answer to this question, so apologize. Apologies for leading, and apologies for the non-answer that's certain to follow. You, by you guys, both stayed in LA longer than I did. Did you? You didn't see Phil Brooks at any point in the weekend, did you? I didn't see Phil Brooks, but I will say I did see a lot of Phil Brooks associates in LA. <laughs> and uh, not Pat, we're not talking about like Pat Buck or someone. No, no, you, mean, no. you mean just like we know people who know who know I know I, I I know I know for a fact he was in LA. He did post that picture with with the uh, FTR. Uh-huh. Uh and I mean from who I talked to there was there was a point in time that Punk was probably going to come to the talent hotel. And That's just why I was people, asking because right? I didn't see that. But I didn't I see him. I didn't see him. I I, I was looking forward to seeing him. But no, I didn't. I didn't see him out in the wild in L.A. But I heard he was out there. Though. I don't. I don't know. I don't know anything from about anything. I'm not trying to claim that I have inside knowledge. But the talking to people that that know Punk a little bit, this is the first time that I felt like there was even a whiff of he's got he he is spiteful enough to show up in WWE again. <laughs> like he's got it. He's got enough. He, there's enough bubbling inside him that he could actually like do the full. 180, you know, or 360, whatever, and be ended up back in WWE just to spite some of the dudes that he doesn't like. You know, he's mad at in AEW. Who knows? But um, would this Endeavor deal spite, have anything? Spite's to do with a hell of a motivator, man. That's what I'm saying. Spite's a hell of a motivator. I think Punk is still signed to CAA, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Uh, so I don't know how much that that uh, factors into him coming in. Spite, uh, but I just, you know. I, I, well, AEW was sort of the spite shop, right? From Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yes. Like, he was, yeah, the spite was for WWE. AEW was his spite shop. AEW is a living, breathing spite company. <laughs> right? like, but if you get fired from the spite shop and you go back to the first shop, Listen, that's like HB- a whole different level of spite. The, the whole HBO Warner family. If you're not, if you're not getting Larry David to one of these shows, <laughs> where <laughs> they just have a whole skit where he just turns him and Tony Connor just talking about creating a spite a spite wrestling company, and he gets advice from Larry David. You're wasting money, Warner. Go for it. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I still feel, I still find it hard to believe that Punk will ever be back in WWE. I just think there's just too many people that he wronged from not just the top talent. I mean, I, I'm t- I talked to folks in WWE that were not even like the biggest decision makers and were just like, eh, we're good. Not like we hate you. Not like, oh man, stay over there. But it's like, ah, we'd just rather not. You know what I'm saying? And I think AEW needs CM Punk more than CM Punk needs WWE at the end of the day. So I think AEW is going to be the people that be like, if he even flirted with the chance of going to another company, they'd probably play play 
legal, you know, legal hustler over CM Punk and say, hey, buddy, you signed a contract. We're, we, we, we hate you, but we also don't want you going over there. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? So uh, not that they hate him or whatever, but I'm just saying if that if, if it was that deep. Drew for Punk two, straight up. Who says no? Oh, gosh. I think WWE says no, <laughs> to be honest. I think WWE says no. I feel like for everything you just said, I think Drew is so... He's sort of a sign and trade. That, it's like, it's like sign and trade Drew McIntyre to AEW, and yeah. in return, you get CM Punk's expiring deal. It's a lot and, of pick protections on that one, man. Like, you got to be able to say, okay... If he if he wigs out by the time SummerSlam, oh, this hits. is football now. We're doing we're doing we're doing a football trade. Yes, yes, he's gotta, yes. We got to have he's got to reach some certain benchmarks to get. He's got to so, hit some, and, and if he if he hits them, then you get some picks. You get and all if the he doesn't, Yeah, yeah. If he doesn't hit them, then we're not. It's not the same thing. Okay. Woo. We're de- we're we're so far in the weeds right now. Oh, the um, weeds! Is, I love the weeds. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about SmackDown on Friday night. Let's do it. What percentage of SmackDown do you think was raw? And they just did it on Friday night. The original script for Raw done over on Friday. Like 50%. I could I could tell by the time I got on Twitter and everyone was like, oh yeah, Hunter definitely got the book back. <laughs> by the time it hit like for the 45 minute mark. Yeah. I, I, I mean, was hitting up people inside WWE to make sure to see if Vince was going to be there. Yeah. Nobody knew. Nobody knew. A couple hours before it starts coming down. He's definitely not there. Okay. And I and I was texting with somebody. I was just like, "Hey, do you is it? Can I can I tweet this? Like, can I should I make this public knowledge?" And they were like, "Well, I don't really care, but like, it's already out." And I was like, "Really?" And I looked and like there were like five people that beat me. I wasn't trying to like get wow. that. I was trying. I was I only cared about it for me, and so I could like text you. You know, I was just like, <laughs> "Oh my god, Vince isn't there!" Right, right. But I realized everybody else is on the case too. We should have set up a Vince flight tracker. Does he? He has a private jet. You know the Elon Musk flight tracker. Oh, it's tracker? very easy. To, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can very easily track the the Vince jet. Oh, but you no, but I mean? they must be using it. They're definitely using the Vince jet to go to TV, even without Vince, though, right? I mean, yeah, I, I think there's more than one jet they have, though. I mean, I'm sure he's got his own joint. How many jets? <laughs> I should wait till wait till Ari Emanuel gets in there. We're gonna start oh, cutting boy. jets left and right. We just need yeah. you can't you can make do with one jet, guys. Um, um yeah, so yeah, how so much, how much so, do you so, believe? so Triple H when they announced that Triple H is opening the show, okay. by the way, this was Triple H's masterstroke. Just start announcing shit in advance. I'm another another statement. I'm gonna speak again. He he like pre-announced like five matches, you know. It's like how much can you possibly mess with mess this up? And then of course Vince wasn't even there. And Triple H comes out and tells us there's going to be a draft. It seems like that must have been the original announcement from Monday night, right? Doesn't it feel like, why would Triple H have, have planned to speak two, two shows in a row? Well, I mean, I think if I'm like putting my like, you know, tinfoil hat on for a hot second, mm-hmm. it's just a big part of me that believes Vince was feeling high oh, yeah. on Monday. Was in the arena. He just felt like, you know what Vince was doing? You ever go to a basketball park? You ever go to a park? Yeah. And that old dude on the court is like, ah, let me get one shot, young blood. Let me get mm-hmm. one shot. <laughs> let me get a couple shots up. I feel like that's what Vince was doing. Vince just wanted to get a few shots up. He's like, ah, let me see if I still got it. He threw a couple bricks. You know what I mean? <laughs> Some folks were like, ah, you know, yeah. probably need to... Probably need to. Stay no, but this is even crazy. This is like the old guy comes back and he and he had, he brought his new girlfriend to show him where he used to run. 
Right. Yeah. So like his new girlfriend's just like, oh, let me see what you can do. And that's what like Vince is like out there. Vince has got the Endeavor folks backstage saying like, oh, so what is it that you do around here, Mr. Yeah. McMahon? Yeah. And he's like, oh, let me show you. And then he just like starts tearing. He's like throwing pages in the air to be super dramatic, you know, and he's just like, you know, recycling stories that really worked or didn't work or whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that that's, I think that we'll, there's a good chance that we'll look back and that'll be, it'll be clear that that's what happened because it's you, either you could tell that. By the, you could tell by the show and the way they even like had the dialogue was they were, they were relying on that post WrestleMania crowd to do a lot of the heavy lifting where it's like, hey, we can just go out there. They're going to be crazy. They're going to be doing the wave. They're going to be throwing beach balls out there. They're going to be lit. And when the crowd wasn't like that at all. It was like, ooh, this is like a wet fart in church. Like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't fall back a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah, but so Thursday we got the official announcement. It seems like they, it seems like Triple H got the got the reins back. Uh, it seems like he's. It, I don't know what's going on. I have no intel in this matter. I've heard some rumors, heard some rumors from some sources I wouldn't normally expect to get scuttlebutt from right but i don't know anything it might end up this is the best thing that could have possibly happened to the triple h era but we'll see we'll see one one thing that has shaken out this week and i think brandon thurston post you know he does all the does all the work in terms of wwe financials i believe this is directly from him i think he said one of the one of the big shifts that's happening in the back rooms when endeavor wwe ufc merge into this new company is that the class A stock, class B stock distinction disappears. So it used to be that the McMahon family has this sort of special form of stock that no matter how much, no matter, you could buy every single stock that is, like, that's available on the market and you still don't have anything nearly approaching material control of the company because every McMahon share is worth 10 times a regular share. Okay. Right? Okay. That's going away. They're being compensated for it, obviously, in like with the, the stock of this new TKO company, which is what they're, I think, tentatively calling it on the ticker. But I think Brandon Thurston said Vince is going to have approximately 18% of the stock of this new company, which is not a controlling share, definitionally. Now, it might be, it's probably going to be way more than enough to like get your way um, internally, but it's not like he can just, there's not going to be another situation where he come, where he gets removed from the company and waltzes back in and says, listen, I just own all the stock. Right, right. right. So it'll be, anyway, long story short, uh, there is more, if it is decided within this new company that Triple H is in charge of creative and nothing should get in its way, uh, he's a little bit, Vince is a little bit, I don't even know how to say this. There's going to be more countervailing forces against Vince. And I think I think an institutional decree like that will be more meaningful in this new day and age. But we'll see. I'm sure Vince will be back rewriting it SummerSlam and we'll be having the same conversation all over again. We got a new entrant in the Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens bloodline storyline. Mm. How do you feel about the scantily clad Matt Riddle being part of this deal now? <laughs> I don't Can know if he's scantily clad, but he's scantily he's just, clad. His, his, lack, clad. his lack of knee pads and and footwear just makes him look more naked than the average wrestler. <laughs> First of all, there's so many elements to this. Yes, yeah. you knee pads and elbow pads and shoes are a huge deal. Usually, we're just talking about, but like, there's some dudes that don't wear knee pads. Like Cody used to not wear. If you're wearing briefs and no knee pads, it <laughs> always looks. It always like you do a double take. 
It's right? like, yeah, this like, is uncomfortable. The knee pads <laughs> fill in the blank in your mental space. It looks it, like you're wearing boots, you're wearing knee pads, you're wearing briefs. Subconsciously, we're wearing that as you're, we're reading that as you're wearing pants, right? But if you take off the <laughs> knee pads, then you're a dude walking around in his underwear and snowshoes. Like, it's a very strange look, right? Yeah. Elbow pads make a huge difference, too. So does wrist tape. Like, all this stuff we're used to seeing, it fills in the blanks. And it starts putting, it, it puts you in clothes. But to make matters worse, when you're talking about Matt Riddle, a guy who's already wearing relatively little, when you go from the shorts to the briefs, subconsciously, you're reading this as someone taking their pants off, right? It does you're feel, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It does, it does look more you're like stripping draws. down. Yeah. And Matt Riddle's specific briefs appear to be like weirdly on the loose side, like he's wearing some sort of adult diaper. I don't know what's going on. It didn't on, look man. like he lost a little weight, though. He, he does look a, a, a tad smaller yeah. than he did before he left. So maybe, maybe he's just ain't, ain't filling out the poom poom shorts like he used to. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think it's a very, it's weird. His whole thing was being sort of this MMA guy. That's why the shorts made sense. Uh, has anybody ever pulled this? I mean, Kevin Von Erich. I'm sorry. There is an answer. Kevin Von okay. Erich wrestled in briefs and literally nothing else. He occasionally had a <laughs> taped knee. He, had a, well, he kind of often had a taped knee now that I think about it. Yeah. And maybe, that yeah. Was, maybe that was part of the filling in the blank. But I don't know. Kevin Von Erich also had to stand out in a crowd of Von Erichs that all kind of looked the same. It's very um, true. I don't know, man. Not my look for Matt Riddle. I probably would have gone the other way, put him in some boots. Outside of the actual physical look, are you are you are you getting jiggy with him being a part of this Sammy Kevin? Usos we did we did the solo? we did the return hype. I'm not gonna stay. I'm not gonna make. Uh, I enjoy Matt Riddle. I've always been a low voter on Matt Riddle. To borrow a phrase from our buddy Phil Schneider, always, I've never been as high on Matt Riddle as the consensus, which is to say nothing bad about him. There have been moments plenty of moments with him on the main roster where I'm just like, oh, God, I'm like, here it is. This is yeah. what everybody else sees. Yeah. Um, but from the beginning, I'm just like, this guy's, I enjoyed watching him a lot before he got to WWE. From when he first, NXT, you know, he was fine. When he first popped up on the main roster, I think is when it really sunk in. I was like, man, this dude is a cage fighter and a lot of his moves look like they don't hurt. And it's a combination of like probably him trying not to hurt people and just technique, he sort of had some of that. What I think of as like an indie technique where you're kind of playing to the crowd instead of playing to an HD camera, you know? Right. And then, and also just g getting reps. And I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Also, not having boots, you know, like whatever. It's like, you know, I'm just, I hate <laughs> I, to be totally in kayfabe. It's like it would hurt more if you got hit with the heel of a boot, you know? Like, you know, there's these, some of these things just are built into me. But, I love Matt Riddle's performance. I had such a good time with 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 him and Randy. Um, uh, but all the shit stuff. that happened outside yeah. the ring, all the allegations against him, all everything else. Like when we did our, we ranked our our the people who were most excited to potentially see return, and he was at the bottom of my list for a reason. I'm excited to see him back. I think he's actually a good fit with these guys. If not in this storyline, we know that he has a beef. We know why he's storyline involved. Mm -hmm. But I think more importantly, he's a really interesting fit alongside KO and Sami Zayn. And, but, but, uh, but, but, am I, I don't even think it's about him when I say at the end of the day, I, I, I liked the idea of combining, of having KO, Sami, and, and, and Cody against the bloodline, you know, for, for one show. But, 
I don't know. For some reason, I'm just not. I don't feel like Kev, Ko and Sammy need another super friend. You know, they, I, I, they I, don't. You're right. They definitely don't. But I almost look at it like I looked at it completely differently. I looked at it as they're clearly building Solo. Like Solo is yes. is 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 going to be the dude that that really emerges in the next several months. I think up until SummerSlam, and I feel like every year there's always a guy that's like someone's going to like really show their ass at SummerSlam and be like, okay, this guy's ready for the next level. And I think a Solo Sokoa Matt Riddle. I'm more I'm more in line of Solo versus Matt Riddle as opposed to the mm-hmm. you know the bloodline versus you know KO Sammy and Matt right like i just yeah. think stylistically for all the reasons you said about like his cage fighter sort of style bell to bell mm-hmm. i think it just meshes perfectly with a guy like solo and the whole uh street champ sort of moniker that he's been going with and mm-hmm. you know uh, there's i think there's a lot of meat on the bone there right and i agree I, uh, as far as on on bell to bell like i enjoy matt riddle's work Right, like as far as being an in-ring competitor, and um, I thought the stuff that he did with Randy Orton was really entertaining. Um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see, uh, and see how he sort of like meshes and, and fits himself back into the storyline. Right, he's got a match against the Miz on Monday, well, which yeah. I'm sure is gonna you know end up in a, a solo Sokoa sort of showing his ass or something like that. But um, yeah, can I say like, one more thing about Riddle because it sounded like I was really down on Riddle. Okay, I think no, that, as you're saying, this is what occurs to me. It's weird. The things that make him a perfect WWE guy are not the things that I like most about him. And okay. I think that he shows up and, and Vince or whoever is just like, ha ha, we jokes. I mean, that's obviously like a very obvious one. I'm just like, okay, yeah, but that's like a narrow piece of this personality. That's, I mean, sure. that's a sliver. But the ring style is the same way, too. He's incredibly, he walked in the door capable of working a six-minute WWE match in a way that almost nobody else walks in the door. But I have I don't think I've ever liked a Matt Riddle match that didn't go 20 minutes. It's like mm. it's the it's the it's when you get deep in. It's really just like this it's the it's the second and third acts of the PWG match in Reseda that I care about Matt Riddle. I care about it when he gets tired. I care about it when as like the cage match rolls on. And he's good at doing that stuff. That's not, but he doesn't get to do a lot of that stuff, you know? So, I mean, that's just the nature of the beast. Anyway, I I I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, outside of, I mean, we really haven't had a whole lot of main roster solo work from Matt Riddle, not solo the wrestler, but solo, you know, solo star work, right? Like he had the thing with Seth Rollins that didn't Mm -hmm. really pan out. That went on for a while. That went on for a while, uh, you know, and then. I mean, that's really the only one of note that I could really remember. Everything else was sort of like sort of makeshift after Randy's injury, you know. Um, but I think this is a good opportunity for him, man. I think uh, I think he just got out of a rehabilitation for a while. So, I, I mean, maybe he'll just have a better sort of mentality on, on how to attack this as a solo competitor, especially not having Randy Orton to sort of lean on to kind of be a good uh, counterbalance for his like laid back sort of um demeanor uh but i don't know man I, I i'm really interested in seeing how this sort of turns out um just because i mean gosh you were all at wally mania like motherfuckers love solo sokoa love him and i think you know when we went on to you said it last episode right like it was the first time we did an interview and we were like no he has to not speak yeah like pr was like no he like there that that is a telltale sign for like we are protecting this character as much as we possibly fucking can because he By the way, is... There's a whole... We talked about the airport test, the Randy Orton test or whatever, all this kind of stuff. 
There's yeah. got to be, there, there's one element of this that I always find, I have trouble explaining to people. But when someone is, when I know that someone is shorter than me and yet they are bigger than me, and I'm not just talking about literally, but like when yet I feel shorter than them, that is that is a meaningful metric. Okay. <laughs> the first part, like like Cena and I are probably about the same height. I think I probably have a little bit on Cena, but Cena feels about six and a half feet taller than me. Yeah, he's because he's wide, yeah, right? He's like wide. his shoulders Austin, are like Austin's the same way. Austin and Cena about the same size. Yeah. Austin is like I don't. Th- if you, I don't know if, if you've ever, if anyone listening has ever met Stone Cold Steve Austin in person, the thing, after you get past the holy shit, this is the most famous wrestler, or this is my idol. Right. The thing that I am stuck with is the feeling that like I could not lift him if I worked out with juice for six years. He looks like, <laughs> he moves and looks and feels like he weighs about 850 pounds. <laughs> right, right, right. He's just so, he's just such a dense presence but anyway what, what did, he, what did he play, like, defensive end in the, in the college was he a, a nose tackle or something like he was offensive lineman wasn't he in yeah, college every all these wrestlers were linemen back in the day when you could yeah. be like a relatively normal sized lineman yeah but he was he's, a, he's still a thick dude for like a shorter on the shorter side of a football player so like that center uh, of gravity is that, really but like, i say all that to say solo sokoa i mean listen there's other dudes who are shorter than me who don't they can be jacked to the gills, but I don't feel I don't feel like they're bigger than me. It's a, right. it's a very it's a it's an indescribable thing. We're gonna call solo is shorter. Solo is shorter Schumacher than his yeah. Solo solo is shorter <laughs> than his so shorter than the Usos, but feels bigger than the Usos. And you see him in the ring, and you understand why, man. It's like he puts his hand up to do the Samoan spike, and you're like, this dude's giant. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um. Somebody said there was another, another child oops. of there. There's another one out in the Indies. Somebody just debuted. I forgot who it was. Brian, can you figure this out? Yes, uh, one of Rikishi's sons. I was gonna say, is it another Rikishi kid? God, they're yes. like the Wayne's brothers, yo. Like they just <laughs> they just spawn in the wrestling world. What is right? the like, what is the <laughs> what is the bloodline version of Scary Movie? Where it's just gonna be like I'm not the sure new one, Tamiko or Tamiko T five two. Yeah, family man. business, man. I'm with it. I'm it's with true. It. And like the 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 Keenan Ivory is <laughs> is, a, is, a, is a, who's, so I'm about to say who's, is is so I guess so High Chief Pierre Maivia right like would he be like the Keenan Ivory Wayans? No, because they're all <laughs> brothers. You gotta, okay, it's okay. got to be this generation. Well, there wasn't right. who isn't Marlon. I mean, no, uh, don't they have a dad? Yes, but okay. So Keenan is the is the oldest brother, right? Keenan is the is the is the is the. The Plus, not Roman the, the Reigns family. Yeah, all right. So Keenan, Keenan is Ke- Roman because Ro- because Keenan's home just counting his money right now. Like he's not he's not out there making <laughs> oh, white yeah. chicks four or anything. You know, like <laughs> he's still spending money from In Living Color. Man, they got that yeah. on, on on you know. Sink- they got that on uh, what's call it? What's the word? It starts with an S. Syndication. S- syndication. Oh yeah. <laughs> Somebody posted uh, Jim Carrey doing a Vanilla Ice impression. On Twitter this week, and said it was from SNL, and I, if I it was, was so de- angry, if Ugh. it was deliberate, it was the most brilliant thing I've ever seen in my life because <laughs> I saw nine million people just be like SNL SMH, like whatever, because yeah. it was like clearly from In Living Color, yeah. and every single person was just like, "How have you erased In Living Color from memory?" It was mm. so great. In Living Color was so far the best show. Oh, it was just the greatest show of all time. My gosh, just like when you when it comes to sketches. Like per sketch funniness, to me, it's in Living Color Chappelle show. 
just as far as like per sketch per episode. Like obviously Saturday Night Live has pulled out like zillions more episodes. So I guess like the fraction of of good yeah. shit gets smaller. But Living Color and Chappelle show was like just the best sketch shows ever, man. Just I think, hilarious. I don't think I've ever there's nothing I've done in my life that has impressed my wife more than when she realized like I know all the words to the end living color rap. Just <laughs> Wait, like off the top. No, no, you can't say this and not do the No, part, I'm not gonna do it. Verse. Absolutely not to. gonna do you it. I promise shoes. you. I pro- maybe you on the outro. I'll do the hook for you. you maybe, we'll we'll you save this for the end of the show, guys. Stick around. Uh, but yeah, anyway. So we're talking we must be talking about something very important. Oh, Soa Sokoa is yes. as big as a bus. Like he, he I remember watching him on NXT and being like, he's awesome, maybe not big enough. And then you see him in real life. You see him on TV now, and it's like, wow, he's a big, big dude. He's going to be a star, star. He's going to be a big, big, big star. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, he already is a big star. He's a WWE superstar. There you go. Um, What else do we need to talk about before we loop all the way back around to how how we started this thing, as we always do? Ah, man. When when we were, what is today? Monday? Today's Monday. Monday. I night literally don't today. know if today's Monday or Thursday. That's where. That's kind of where I am. The right days now. still kind of blend together from WrestleMania to me. I'm just like, what day is it? We have a taping. Okay, Monday. It's Monday or Thursday. I know that's right. <laughs> um, damn. What? I, I mean, we covered everything from SmackDown. We covered everything from Dynamite. Uh, this Monday. I mean, tonight. I think the only thing announced is uh, Miz versus Riddle, and oh, yeah. Cody. Cody put out a. Uh, Cody put out a, uh, uh, I guess, a, a cryptic sort of Instagram post saying he's going to discuss his future plans uh, tonight on Monday Night Raw. And uh, he was so sorry Wait. for letting everyone down. I don't know if he saw his Instagram post. Did you see it? No. I'm looking at something else right now. But go tell me all about it. All right. Let me let me go ahead and, and, and pull up this. Uh... Dude, I know I just placed a WWE.com into the chat, which just seems like a mistake, but it's not. Look at this graphic. Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez versus Becky Lynch and Lita. I don't know if this is for the women's mm-hmm. tag team champions for the or not. Tag titles, yes. Why does Raquel seem to be holding one of the two title belts? <laughs> is this just bad graphics? <laughs> yes, she does. It looks like look Lita and Raquel each have a title. Like there's some sort of like it's been tossed up. I don't know, man. I love Raquel. Love Liv Morgan. Don't understand this tag team pairing. And <laughs> I mean, still, they can be together for 10 years. And I'm, I don't know. Cody Rhodes got on Instagram and said, a long week. I know last Sunday was not the result I'd hoped for, and I know many fans were disappointed as well. I make no excuses. I lost. I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you how much I enjoyed the ride until Sunday night. And furthermore, Monday night, I would like to thank, and he goes on to thank, you know, Brandy Rhodes, WWE, Triple H, City of Los Angeles, yada, yada, yada. Uh, then he gets to uh, John Cena and Make-A-Wish America for allowing me the honor to induct 15 wishes into the circle of champions and many more names I may be forgetting. In addition, Nick Khan for taking care of my family through the festivities. Lastly, the almost 200,000 fans who was attended the weekend overall, unwavering and motivating. I want to be your champion. This Monday, I hope to speak about my future with WWE and what may be next for me. So... I if know. He quit, that would be so funny. Oh, I mean, that's a real. Listen, I, I love, I love blurring the lines of reality and what's TV, and I think that's Cody's biggest strength right now. He can always kind of give you a peek behind the curtain and be like, "Hey, like this is, this is what's really happening, and this is why, like, there's this whole world outside of wrestling." that exists and I'm a big part of it. You know what I'm saying? So him playing mm-hmm. into the, playing into the, oh man, I don't know what's next for me after all this is, 
perfect. And man, funny enough, I uh, I had a conversation, a Twitter conversation with Corey Graves this past week, and uh, this was right after Izzy Adesanya uh, regained the UFC yeah. middleweight championship of the world. And we were just talking about, you know, I mean, we're both big AZ fans, both UFC fans talk about all the time. And he said something, and I can't, I don't have the tweet right in front of me, but he said something along the lines of, oh, so you mean the guy who kind of got cheated out of his last match um, and everybody wanted to win, won, and everyone was happy about it? And I was like, I was like, check notes. I'm like, yeah, I think that's what happened. And he gave me a little hat tip. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Like, that's, this is, because I guess the quote I put over the video of Izzy's post-match speech was, Izzy greater than signed Rocky, right? It's basically Rocky, you know? Mm-hmm. And WrestleMania being in Philly next year is pretty on the nose. Being the American nightmare, having that year-long sort of redemption arc that I think they're going for right now um, is really interesting, to say the least. Um, going in there with Brock, which I, I'm assuming is, is is the next step, either WrestleMania Backlash or wherever they do it, is 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 a is an interesting way to go. I know there's still lots of people very very upset that they didn't pull the trigger on Cody right then and there. Uh, but I think all those people upset at the, not having the trigger pulled on Cody at that moment are really underestimating Cody's ability to be a bleeding heart baby face and sell this shit for a year. Well, I'm turning think- him heel, so I don't I guess I do too. <laughs> I think so. No, I think no, I think I I, 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 I He hasn't been thing. through no hard times, man. No, no, no. I said that. You know what but you know what you know what I hate though? You know what? Uh, I got because I'm I'm literally as we're doing this, I'm in a text thread where people are talking about uh, Roman Reigns is going to hold the title for like 18 more months to, to match Hogan's record. Like people are having and Brian Waters is fist pumping as I say that. <laughs> the Throw best the thing, the best thing about the the best thing about the uh, bloodline storyline, the best storyline, regardless of what you think about the ending, quote unquote, the ending that how WrestleMania ended. What are we? What the best thing in, in pro wrestling in WWE in the past two years is what? It's the bloodline. It's the way they've told this story. The way that Sami Zayn's been involved. The way that Cody Rhodes got looped in. This ongoing epic that Roman Reigns and crew were telling is the best thing. If you had told me when he turned heel, here is the three. Well, if you had said, here's the three year plan, I would be like, that's impressive. I would have been. But as a fan, don't tell me that you're going to do something. Because if you if you tell me a year in advance that you have this all planned out, but while I am impressed with your narrative pre-planning storytelling skills, that is no that is not significantly different than me to me than Vince saying John Cena is the guy. He's the champ for the next 5 years. Right? It's not different. You can't take the fans out of the equation. You can't ruin this you can't spoil it for me because wrestling should be spoiler proof. So while I agree with you on the on the you know on the facts as soon the problem with Cody losing to me wasn't that Cody lost the problem is that we immediately pivot in the conversations about like does Cody chase for a year? Kill me, man! I do mm. not want to talk about what about getting this back a year from now because if you can't make me think that Cody might get it back a month from now, then I don't care about Cody anymore. You're just checked out. 
not checked out of the product, but like you're asking, you're asking me to I mean, hold on. Out of Cody, like just being like, all right, yeah, well, you're, like you're, it's a you, long time. Not, you, li- listen, you're acting, you're asking me to hold on, to hold out hope. I mean, I guess that's what you do as a diehard fan. I mean, that's sort of what that means. But like, don't ask me to hold out hope like that. Like, like, no, you don't get to tell me to wait. You get to go out there and do two shows a week and one extra one a month that make me care about Cody Rhodes, right? That okay. make me care about whether or not he's going to he's gonna get the title at some point. But this idea that, oh, we're immediately pivoting into these long-term plans. The long-term plans are fucking impressive based on where this company's come, right? The way they told that Bloodline storyline, some combination of long-term planning and serendipity and, and week-to-week, like, you know, like, grind it out creativity on the part of Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman and all the folks that are involved. All that stuff is impressive as hell. But as a fan watching the show, don't, don't, you can't fantasy book a six month, 12 month, 18 month plan for Cody Rhodes that has me interested. What's going to mm-hmm. have me interested is what Cody Rhodes does tonight on Raw. Okay. And it either he's either, it's either going to do it or it's either going to interest me or it's not. And the great thing, the most impressive thing about Cody Rhodes in the entire time he's came back, well, the most impressive thing was wrestling Hell in a Cell with a torn pack. The second most impressive thing was coming back off injury, walking into the fucking lion's den that was that promo with Paul Heyman, Inter- having to force feed himself into the bloodline storyline for all that, where all the fans say, w- watching with a raised eyebrow and not the rock kind, and succeeding. That's the most impressive thing. He that's the most impressive thing that he did, and and making and that's making me care about him. You know, he's making himself matter. Anyway, Anyway, I can't disagree, man. I can't disagree. You make incredibly valid points. You're asking a lot of your crowd to say, hey, like, stick with us, like, keep on this ride with us. But I think if you're Cody Rhodes and you're that guy that you said you were for the past four months leading up to this match, you should be ready to carry because that's what you're going to be asked to do anyway, with or without the title. You're going to be asked to have people care about you for the next year, at least until the next WrestleMania. So where 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 are you better positioned to do that as the champion that everyone's chasing after mm-hmm. or as the guy who fell flat on their face at WrestleMania? We've seen it with John Cena, and I think it was a lot harder to do last the last time out because it was The Rock, and The Rock was The Rock, right? Like, he wasn't active every week or more active than the Roman Reigns sort of uh, champion or or competitor at that time. I just think you make every single point super valid because tonight is what matters. Tonight is like, okay, like if you're really a top guy, you shouldn't need a title. You shouldn't need a championship to tell the story that you've been telling since you left WWE. So, I, I mean, again... I said in the beginning of the conversation, like I, uh, I have a lot of belief in Cody Rhodes to be somebody that people can gravitate towards and and have that story be told. And every single time, just for the same reason, walking into the lines then with Paul Heyman in the middle of a storyline that everybody wanted Sami Zayn to be a part of, he got in there and made it work and made it palatable for everybody to make it make sense. He helped get Sammy and Kevin back together. This is just another sort of can he like circle the wagon sort of moment for Cody Rhodes and get people back interested and excited for it. And I think this is a perfect opportunity for him to do that. So I can't wait to see what happens on Raw. Yeah. And and, and I'll qualify what I said only by saying this. This is what we do is part of the problem is of the (laughs) (laughs) we have to talk about what's going to happen for the next month and the two years. And and we have to come out and say, now, listen, 
Is it possible that coming out of WrestleMania, they had a plan in place that's going to make me excited, more excited to see Cody Rhodes win at SummerSlam or Survivor Series or WrestleMania or whatever than I would have been otherwise? Yeah, then that's something that we have to talk about on this show. But that's not like, that doesn't make me feel better that there's a possibility that I will feel better down the road. You know, like you got to earn that. And that's part of the job. That's what makes writing wrestling fun and exciting, I would assume. Um, you know. Anyway, we should get out of here. Uh, um, I'm sorry. Uh, as we're doing this, Logan Paul tweeted that uh, he has contractors. He has a new contract with WWE. Oh, was so, lit. So suck on that AEW. You're not getting him. <laughs> you're not getting him from Wembley Stadium. That's right. You know that our dude Kerm put it put it as Wimbledon on the podcast description <laughs> on Thursday. I had a PR. I had I actually got some some messages from a certain PR department. They're like, "Hey, you got it wrong. Can you change it?" And I'm just like, "What on earth did we get wrong?" Damn, my bad. Our Wimbledon bad. instead of Wembley Stadium. My bad, AEW. Blame no, it on Kerms. It. It's, <laughs> it's all good. Now he got to face the murder hog in Wembley. Oh right. yeah. Mm. And wrestling um, Reddit that tell that calls us all shills because it was all <laughs> part of the plan, baby. Yeah, those tickets aren't going to get sold now. Nah, there's fans fans lining up outside of Wimbledon <laughs> trying to get those wrestling tickets. Well, <laughs> gotcha, motherfuckers. <laughs> oh man. Oh, we're just kidding. We should go to Wembley. That's what we should do. That's oh, what is God. it? September. I gotta. I, I gotta get an online go, tip I'm jar. I gotta get these fans to start paying for. These listeners can pay for our trip to Wembley. <laughs> Pay for that hotel stay for my family. Um, yeah, no, oh, it would be man. fun. I mean, Wembley Stadium to watch wrestling—that's a freaking dream. Man. Yeah, I, I've it. still, I've still yet to be a. I, I've checked off a lot of my wrestling uh, wish list. I still have not gotten to see a wrestling show in the UK, and I definitely got to do that before. I mean, I, I worked one. I worked a couple when I was at Raw. When I was what at is WWE, your checklist? My checklist. Oh, I mean, no, no, I, wait, wait. Put a pin in this. We'll do checklists on Thursday. That's a good idea. Let's put this. <laughs> there's, there's the wrestling fan checklist. Oh, I got to go see a show at MSG before, you know, before I die or whatever. Yeah. I mean, there's also like the, the, the harebrained dream. I mean, you know, the fantasy checklist. Like, oh, man, I would love to get a chop from Gunther before I die. Or like, you know, I would, I would love to get a picture with the big show before I die. You know, whatever. You got to yeah. have fans, people listening, listeners, tweet at the Red Ringer Wrestling. Tell us. What your bucket lists are, both the both the the event bucket list, the practical. It can be a practical bucket list. It can be a like a fantasy bucket list. Oh, this is gonna be fun. This is gonna be fun. It All might I not want be is to get a get a big splash from earthquake before I die, whatever. It could be anything. <laughs> Earthquake's not with us anymore, so I, but that could still be on the list. Yeah, shout out John Tenso. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't okay. think anyone's ever said shout out John Tenso before in a podcast, but. This is what we do. I, now I can check that off Has my John wrestling Tenta ever list. been referenced in a in a hip hop song? It must have. There must be an earthquake. It gotta be. Somewhere. He's got he's got a great name. You could you could rhyme Tenta with a lot of things. <laughs> I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell Wale that. I'm like yo, where could John Tenta into something? <laughs> Just cause. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thank you guys. Thank you. Do you have any plugs, Kaz? Now Wale Mania is uh, over. You got to get new plugs. Yeah, you know, uh, I got nothing to plug except uh, you can catch me on Say Less every Monday with Rosie and Lowkey. Catch me on Points Bet. Uh, season's almost over, but we'll talk a whole bunch of playoff basketball. And you catch me right here in the Ring of Wrestling show, man. That's it. That's all I got. Do you want to plug that 
terrible Jalen Brunson shirt you're wearing. First off, this I know you're Dallas <laughs> no, Mavericks great, hard. It's a good looking shirt. Shout out to Bacher back pages. Uh, it's Jaylen, a it's a Jalen Brunson Nas Godson mix up sort of t-shirt situation going on. I was doing my playoff previews and my I, NBA awards here at Points Bet, so I had to come and be as biased as possible. I gotta sit here and act like I hate Jalen Brunson just because he's not because he left the Mavs. But listen, I blame Mark Cuban. Blame Mark Cuban for just we give Mark Cuban a lot of country just because he was the first person to put PlayStations in locker rooms, but like he hasn't held yeah. on to a star player. He, the first person <laughs> to put like cushioned seats at courtside. Yeah. You know, it's just they're like, like oh man, this guy's a great owner. It's like yeah, but he hasn't kept a star player since he had it. He was not gonna. It down one thing after another. Yeah, all these great. Oh, if you're a free agent, you can come live in my pool house. So he did that to Rodman, <laughs> and then the NBA was like, "No, you actually can't live in your owner's pool house." And then yeah. I think at that point, it's like he lost. He got the yips. Eyebrows, he did win a championship, eyebrows. but. Eyebrows should have been raised when they had to like have the emoji war over DeAndre Jordan several years ago. <laughs> That's what I was like. Yeah, maybe maybe Mark Cuban's not this this crackpot GM, team owner GM that we all made him out to be. But uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Wh- okay. Thank you for Jalen. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh man, Jalen Brunson. <laughs> yes, let it hurt. Just complete. The, just complete the cipher and just let us get Luca next year, and then we'll we'll call it even. <laughs> oh no, no! We'll trade Luca for Wimby before we let you guys get him from us. Uh, all right, before we got to end this show, thank you for listening. Thank you to the wonderful babyface Brian Waters for producing this. Thank you to Kaz. Uh, remember to listen to all the great Ringer Wrestling Show content. We are like on the charts because of all you guys listening to us in the, Wrestle- the week of WrestleMania. We have, cooking. We are. We are. Im- we're making moves up here. That doesn't mean you can stop just because WrestleMania is over. Recommend us to your friends. Give us five-star ratings. Do the whole thing. We have to be like a real podcast now. You listeners have to do the yes. thing. Give us the ratings. Do the downloads. Get, do whatever nice you reviews do. reviews, too. Not the mean nice reviews, reviews that you leave about me. <laughs> you got to make nice this one. happen. Because if we keep on the trajectory that we're going, even if we dip down a little bit, then guess what? We... We'll be main eventing WrestleMania next year. <laughs> That's right. And you guys can take credit for it. All right. That's right. God damn it. To get that McAfee deal this time next year, huh? How about it? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I am working on my moonsault as we speak. Thank you guys for listening. Sincerely. We had a we've had a great couple of weeks on the show, and it's you only sure gonna have. get better from here. That's right. Apologies as always to John Moxley. We'll see you back here on Thursday, humanoids. You walk all the moon gold like a balloon. You see, it's never too late and it's never too soon. Take it from me, it's all right to be and live in color.